You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just to explain to listeners, uh, this podcast today that we recorded about 20 minutes in, Akiva realized he had forgotten to press record on his audio. So we lost his whole audio. Uh, and then we decided that we wanted to keep at least part of those first 20 minutes. So he went back and sort of listened to my audio and chimed in with comments to try and recreate the conversation. So it's a little bit stilted and artificial, but we thought that it was worthwhile to include that. And uh, that's why the beginning of this podcast sounds a little bit weird. But uh... I'm in this world and they made Welcome me back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's going great. I feel like the summer's been really good. I've been killing it. Hung out with my kids multiple times this summer. So we don't really have a topic today so much. This morning, uh, while I was in the shower, I thought of something which, uh, you know, to talk about on the podcast, maybe, if I change my mind between now and when uh, when we post this, then I guess I'll just edit this all out and no one's going to listen to it. Uh, so we did our Confessions podcast, you know, a couple months ago, and we didn't do a great job, honestly, in terms of, you know, recruiting the Confessions. And so, like, afterwards, we got a lot of people submitting them, like listeners who said, oh, I didn't know you were doing this. And so we could do a, a second uh confessions podcast at some point i don't know whether we do that today or any other day but um one thing which i well i can't do it today because i already used all my good ones unlike you yeah well i well so that's what i'm getting at so so there was a confession which which i didn't even think of as a confession so i had no reason to even talk about it but after anthony bourdain died i was talking to my wife and i said you know i feel like like that's something we should talk about on the podcast and then i sort of forgot about it again but um and this is something i've literally never told anyone in my life except for my wife um, but I think it's a good thing to talk about, which is depression. Um, I feel like, so basically, I was like very seriously depressed from the ages of like 12 to 30. And the reason I, uh, the reason, again, assuming that I actually, we talk about, the, like we actually post this podcast, the reason I'm posting it is because after Anthony Bourdain died, I saw like a bunch of people I know, like, you know, writers and, and journalists and things like that, writing about their own depression in a public forum. And I realized like it's very beneficial when you see those because it makes people who are going through that, which is, you know, many more people than anybody realizes, realize that they're not alone, and but people don't talk about it. And I know some people on Facebook, like friends of mine, who talk about things like that on Facebook, and I always, I mean, I always see it as very brave, and I'm, like, impressed with them, but I'm always like, like, those people are nuts. Like, why are they, like, sharing that with, like, everybody they know? Like, it always just struck me, and I think it's just because, like, I have, like, stigmas attached to it, probably because, like, how I was raised, like, you know, um, you know, not, not, not to criticize them in any way, but my, my father is very much of, like, an old-school generation who's, like, you know, what do you have to be depressed about? Your life is good sort of attitude. Whereas, like, we we obviously know from people like Anthony Bourdain, and, you know, whose life seemed on the outside like it couldn't possibly be better. Like, if, if, you ha- if you're suffering from a disease, it has nothing to do with, you know, the externalities of, of the, your life or how much money you have or how much happiness you have or your job or your family or whatever. Um, and, so, and so that, you know, I don't know whether we have, you know, like 3,000 listeners, which is what, like, PodTrack says, or whether we have, like, 100 listeners, which is, like, how many people, like, respond you know to individual episodes at the most but to the extent there is anybody who's listening i thought like it's something you know worth talking about because again it is something that i feel like on the outside nobody really i mean like literally nobody knows i don't even think my parents really know because i never really spoke to them about it the only person i've ever spoken about this is my wife but i feel like it is a thing to talk about what in particular precipitated this yeah um i don't know i was just thinking about it in the shower i was thinking about oh we don't really have anything to talk about the podcast and then i was thinking about how 
again, when Anthony Bourdain died, I thought at that time, maybe I should talk about it on the podcast. And, and that was sort of shortly after we had done our Confessions podcast. I don't know. I just thought about it this morning. And I thought... You said six years ago. Now, eagle-eared listeners will notice that's when we became friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. So that was the turning point of my life. Um, no. So to me, and again, I'm not saying that this is a solution to anybody else. I understand it's not. Uh, but to me, it was like from the moment that my first son was born is like literally the moment I stopped being depressed. And I, I literally have not been depressed for one second since then. It gave my life meaning, I think. Like up until like, so for like the 18 previous years, like starting when I was like in adolescence, I never... Because I'm like too big of a pussy to do anything and also because I'm too obsessed with like how other people think about me. So I never like, you know, like was suicidal because it's just like the idea of everybody knowing I committed suicide would be like way too harsh for me to like ever even like entertain that. But what I did fantasize about all the time was dying in like in like a heroic way, which wasn't my fault. Like I would die jumping in front of a car to save someone else or something like that. So then. You know, so then, uh, you know, people would remember me as a hero, not as some, you know, pathetic loser who killed himself, which is sad. But like, like, I know a couple of people who committed suicide. I'm sure you do also, like when we were teenagers or whatever. And, you know, there is a stigma attached to that, you know, whether we like it or not. And so, um, so that is something I thought about, like, all the time for like years and years and years of my life, even and it had no like effect, like. There was a stage in my life, like my early high school years, where I was very socially unpopular. And then like in 11th and 12th grade, I was extremely popular. And that had no effect on even in like my happiest moments, I would still sort of think like, oh, but if I could trade everything and just not be alive again, not by suicide, but in a heroic way, would I do that? I'm like, yeah, probably I would. Um, and then when my... And how did it manifest itself day to day? You know, it, it was in that same way. It was just sort of at any moment in time, if you paused interrupted me and said would you trade all this for not being alive anymore i would have said yes um it, it didn't manifest it wasn't like debilitating it's not like i sat at home and wasn't able to function and so you know i don't want to exaggerate the extent to which it affected me i'm sure there's many people who suffer much more seriously um fortunately but it it, it really sort of sapped me it sapped motivation but not you know i was able to get along and again i also i never let anybody else know I never, and again, this is not something I recommend either, but I never really spoke to therapists about it. I never took like any kind of drugs and I should have done those things, but I think I was so affected by, you know, sort of being raised and, and being told like, there's something wrong with you if you're depressed, which is an extremely dangerous and, and incorrect way to think. But that was so self ingrained in me that I just sort of thought like, I can't really acknowledge this. And I sort of just applied the skepticism to like the benefits of, of, you know, mental health treatments. So what's interesting is like how much that's changed recently, whereas back then you might have felt that you were the only person feeling that way in the world, or maybe you were one out of every, you know, hundred people felt like you. Now so many people feel that way, and especially on social media, people are saying similar things, so it feels not, not stigmatized, but definitely far less stigmatized than it used to be. Yeah, and I just think the more people that do that, the better, and again, I'm not so arrogant as to assume that this will even affect one listener positively, but if it were to do so, then I think that's beneficial. Yeah. And, and anyway, again, I'm not saying to be very clear, I'm not saying that if you're depressed, you should have a child. Um, you know, evidence shows that having children adds more stress to people's lives. Yeah. For many people it would make it, uh, it worse. Yeah. No, no, seriously. It causes extra financial strain, emotional strain. It has more strain on marriages. But in my individual case, it, it just gave me like a different reason to be alive. And I feel like like now I would like not want to be alive for one fewer second just because, I, you know, I feel like there's people who are depending on me. And I also not just depending on me, but I, I want to see what they, you know, what happens with them in their lives. So, so what point did you realize that the depression wasn't really there anymore? I think it was after a few months. And, and by the way, just come back to that again, you know, especially women suffer from postpartum depression, like especially after they have kids. So again, like I just, it's not, this is a totally individual circumstance, but, and, and I might've been able to be, have been made better years earlier if I had had therapy or if I had had, you know, like, you know, dr uh, drugs or whatever. Um, in my case, I think it just happened like after he'd been alive for a few months, I sort of realized like, wow, I haven't thought about being dead for a single second in many months. And, and now that, now that I'm thinking about thinking about it, the idea terrifies me and makes me really sad. And I would never want to do that. Um, and then from time to time over the last five years, I've, I, I think about from time to time, the fact that I don't think about it anymore. And it's sort of like a sea change in my general perspective on life. Um, and again, I, I, I don't, I don't know that it was my kids being born that precipitated it, but it seems to me that's what it was. And so, um, you know, I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I just think it's, I don't know, it's just something I thought about this morning. Like, you know, people, 
people don't talk about it a lot. And again, I'm even apprehensive. You know, now I've told two people in the world, and maybe I'll delete this. Before, we won't post this, and then it'll only be two people. <laughs> in which case, I'll ask you not to talk to anybody else about it because I'm still not sure. Because I do associate like a lot of stigmas with it, which is stupid because you wouldn't do that if someone had a heart condition or a tumor. Certainly, in, certainly in my family, there's a very big stigma. So, I mean, I don't have any friends who've ever confessed that specific confession to me. So. Well, to make that a sound drop. I don't have any friends. Um, yeah. So anyway, so uh, that's a good way to start a podcast. <laughs> you should have made that confession during the confessions episode. Maybe you would have won that way. And then I could have won. Yeah. Okay. So we missed that. So I guess that means my confession was not meant to be. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. <laughs> well, do I have to say welcome back to 32 fans all over again? Yeah, I guess. Okay. So, well, just to catch listeners up. Uh, we're 20 minutes into the podcast. Uh, the first 10 minutes of the podcast, the uh, the realest this podcast has ever gotten. Arguably the realest I've ever gotten in my entire Very life. Serious. Yeah. I, I, very serious. I discuss things that I've never discussed with anyone uh, in my life. I feel very close to you Except right for my now. wife yeah. and, and now Akiva. And mm-hmm. I thought maybe listeners. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to keep it or not. But it, it turns mm-hmm. out it's moot because uh, you weren't recording. So... <laughs> Uh, wh- now I could still release my side and then like reenact your side as I've done in the past to a great acclaim. <laughs> it would be a weird move to do that. You could do that. I didn't speak that much. It was mostly yeah. you. Well, th- yeah, and then we segued. You started complaining about a James Andrew Miller tweet. Are we going to repeat that whole thing? Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'll, I'm going to have to do it. I'm sorry. All right. So a quick segment here before we get into the the actual uh, topic at hand today. Three bad tweets from this week that we're gonna we're gonna uh, tear apart. Uh, number one, James Andrew Miller, he wrote the SNL book, he wrote the ESPN oral history, he wrote the CAA agency book nobody read. So Bill Simmons re-signed with HBO this week. Bill Simmons' first contract at HBO was famously three years, $20 million. His show, Any Given Wednesday, went off the air after like eight episodes. Um, and obviously his contract was considered a huge flop, except to Mr. Miller, who tweeted, the Andre Doc alone was worth the money of the first deal. So I guess that's the most expensive, like the most lucrative, most successful documentary in the history of the world. Yeah. Because like a documentary that was on once on on HBO was worth. He's not even the director, like the producer of this dumb doc that would it even be top ten in if it was a thirty for thirty. I don't think so. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. I mean, do, should I reshare all my comments from before, or should I just edit and paste that in later? Yes. <laughs> no, reshare them. <laughs> all my brilliant insights. I think I had a joke about Bill Simmons signing oh. for the HBO Veterans Minimum. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was yeah. good. But yeah, so this is stupid. You're a sick fan, Miller. You just want to be in Lorne Michaels' Rolodex. Uh, you know, Simmons is clearly a source of yours. All right, let's get to let's get to uh, number two because this is where this is just now when I realized that I was not recording. Yeah. And we really should have a backup recording. Like we should really. I've said this before, but there should be a backup. Well, the backup is hopefully us not being that incompetent. But yeah. Okay. All right. Great plan. All right, you so know what? Sean I, Fahey. If, I think I am going to include the first 10 minutes, and I'm just going to reenact you, which is going to be a really weird uh, dynamic given the topic. But <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Sean Fahey. <laughs> now, that, now that it's take two, you know how to pronounce his Irish name correctly, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. I, you started I, with, I with cyan, like the color, I think. So, yeah. All right, so he ranked. He's an NFL uh, expert. I don't know. He, I don't know who he he's writes for. He's a top for, 10 NFL he, expert in Ireland, we've discussed. He's got 50,000 followers. I don't know who he... How many of those are bots? Didn't they for? do like a bot swipe sure. where like yeah. people like lost all their bot followers? Yeah, yeah. a lot of people lost followers. Yeah. I didn't lose any. I don't have enough followers to have yeah, lost any. Yeah, um, But, but um, all right. So here, I want to read his top 25 QBs going to the 2018 season because it's a really great list. And I'm sure you're going to agree with everything. Yeah. So one, two, three, he's got Rodgers, Breeze, Brady. Not Nothing interesting. Brady's third, okay, but he's 42. So it's not wild to put... Uh, Brady third. And number four, he's Matt Ryan. Yeah. A bit of a stretch, but fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Matt Ryan probably wouldn't be my fourth, yeah. but, but you know, he's, he's, he's fine. There's a big gap between three and four, so, you know, that's fine. Now, here's where things get, to, get interesting. He's got, uh, number five, he's got Dak Prescott. Yeah. So, as I said on take one, uh, Dak Prescott literally <laughs> had the greatest rookie season in NFL history for a quarterback, and if you made this list in December yeah. of 2016, it'd be a bit of a stretch, but it'd be understandable. But then he came out and was a very below-average quarterback last year. And so it's just insane to put him here, unless this is purely based on upside and not based on where they are right now. But as you see as we go through that list, that just doesn't. if that's the case, like where are all the rookies, it, it doesn't make sense. 
There's there's no world in which Dak. No, they're no play. rookies. He's got the 25 non rookies. Yeah, it's just I I think it was a good idea not to. Play and if it's upside, then you can't put Breeze and Brady two and three. So it, it just doesn't make any. I, I don't know what he's doing, but I assume it's going to get worse. Right. All right. So now, n- yeah, this is where we where I realized I wasn't recording. So number six, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, again, like at least Prescott had that one great season. Mariota's had a couple of slightly below average to average seasons you know now being an average yeah. quarterback is worth 15 to 20 million dollars a year I'm, you know i'm not taking that away from him and he but he's yeah he's number six here. yeah there's an executives and head coach ranking that's out there also and they had Mariota at 21 yeah that's about where he belongs i mean they have him below Jameis, which i disagree with. look if you want to so put Mariota at 15 at or 20. 16 that's fine but six is just there's, there's mm-hmm. no no way to justify that yeah. All right. So number seven, Andrew Luck, a hard person to really put in there because who knows? Right. What he has. If he's a hundred, he's either going to be like twenty-five or four. Well, uh, I mean, uh, he's had one good season in the NFL. So, but yeah, but let, let's assume he's healthy. This is fine. But it's a big assumption right now. All right, Cam, Cam Newton eight. I uh, I think is totally fine. Yeah, I get, you can totally put him reasonable. anywhere between six and fifteen. Whatever. It's true for a lot of guys. Now, you, have you seen this list? I sent it to you, but have you really seen it? I, I, didn't, I, I looked immediately where the Vikings were, and I got angry. Okay. Now, number nine, and I saw this list, and I thought it was horrible, and then after like 20 minutes, I noticed number nine. <laughs> if I gave you 10 guesses for who you think would be number nine, you wouldn't get it, and I think if I gave you 15 guesses, even though there's only 16 guys left <laughs> on the list, you would not get his number nine quarterback in the NFL. All right, give it to me. No guess based on what that now do the reverse psychology guess of guessing bad quarterbacks. So it's gonna be one of the worst starting quarterbacks. Yes. Remember, there's only twenty five because there's a lot of rookies. I mean, I gotta like right whip out my list of starting quarterbacks to look here. No, that should it, be in your it, head. Uh, Tyrod Taylor? I don't know. He's got Tyrod Taylor twelve. Okay. I don't I, I wouldn't have gone. Look, I've, that big I've always been a t- Tyrod Taylor. lover, but uh Yeah, ty- people hate Tyrod. He's he's literally dead last on the NFL executives and head coaches list, you know, which is why he, he went to Cleveland for not that much money. Number nine, Sean Fahey has Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like I, I don't even understand. And you're gonna be like Akiva. Where is Miss Trubisky on the NFL executive list? Oh, he's not yeah. there. He didn't make the list. I mean, it just uh, again, if you're ju- if 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 Mitch Trubisky had been a rookie this past season, he would have been what the fourth or fifth quarterback taken, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would not yeah. have gone. He would not. And, have and then what did 10. we see from his rookie season? That it's just insanity. I mean, his coach didn't let him throw the ball I, like. Uh, you I, know, we, we need, uh, he made him throw it under. I, him, I basically. would like to like I, I I don't have any personal bias against Sean Fahey, but please tell me what what Mitch Trubisky has done that Russell Wilson fails to do. As an example, it's it, yeah. Can we can we get Sean? Should we get Sean Fahey on the podcast for next? Week? I mean, a guy with a list like this, uh, I would assume. Well, I mean, his lack of football knowledge is 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 lacking enough that he can get on this podcast. But <laughs> if he has fifty thousand Twitter followers, who are these followers? Yeah, I don't think uh, it's impossible. I don't know, but I don't think people are inviting him on. I don't know. Maybe he's got. He's probably like a resistance Twitter guy. Also, I I, I think that's probably what he is. Oh, he, he, he probably like sir resign, oh, sir so, to so Trump. Anti, every time so Trump so the anti Trump crowd is always, is also a very big Mitch Trubisky crowd. Is that your theory here? <laughs> I mean, there's a big overlap between Mitch Trubisky, pro Mitch Trubisky, yeah. and the thinking you know that that uh, Trump is a Russian spy. Number ten, uh, Philip Rivers. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, he's he's, he's now, not quite a, as good as Mr. Trubisky. Everybody knows that. Yeah. yeah, but if he could, you know, he could still improve Philip Rivers because he's only thirty-eight, so he might get to Trubisky yeah. level soon. Uh, number eleven, yeah. a guy who's making a lot of buzz on Twitter today with his knee brace, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, a couple of years ago, he had his career season, and and at that point, if you wanted to put him here, it'd be a bit of a reach, but fine. He probably would have been fifteen or sixteen, but coming off not playing, also, I don't know. Again, we still haven't not we still on haven't mentioned uh, Russell Wilson. Carson Wentz. Nope. Uh, Never mentioned yeah, Kirk Cousins. Big ben. ben Roethlisberger. Deshaun Watson. Oh, wait, it's like so- I don't understand what's happening here. Oh, wait, someone's at the door. Sorry, I gotta get it. Maybe it's uh, Sean Fahey. All right, so that's Trubisky, Rivers, Tannehill—a real great uh, trio at nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah. We said Tyra Taylor twelve, thirteen. Russell Wilson. Uh, he is number six on the NFL executive list behind Roethlisberger. Which is and still Ryan. too low, but. Ro- I mean, yeah, this well, guy's had a 13. bottom three offensive line every single year. Mm. It's it just, it's impossible to understand. 
Russell Wilson, not as good as Tyrod Taylor or Mitch Trubisky. Look, to be fair, this isn't like one of those racist lists we see on MMQB. <laughs> no, 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 it's not at all. Like Dak and Mariota yeah. did too well. Very race blind. But just blind to the play. Like, I don't is he a stats guy? He said he did like a ton of No, there's, there's zero. There is no statistical. No, he's a nothing guy. He's he's he literally took 30 names, dropped them in a hat and pulled them out one by uh, one. But, but actually, I think I have an idea. Yeah. I think I have What's an idea. What he, did. he just watches tape. <laughs> so like Mitch Trubisky is like a really like big strapping dude. I think he just watches. Okay, but tape. then he wouldn't have Tyrod and Taylor like, that of high. A couple he plays. wouldn't have Tyrod Taylor that high, I don't think. Yeah, I it guess. just doesn't make sense. Right, Tyrod would only be. Yeah, I yeah, like trying no, to reverse engineer sense. rankings. So, you know, I um as I posted on the Facebook group a couple weeks ago, I redid my kick my all time kicker rankings with I made up like a like a, mm-hmm. a Chester kicker rating stat basically. And I redid my kicker yeah. rankings. And then because uh, you know, why wouldn't I? I then redid my punter rankings all time. Using a similar method. Mm-hmm. And one of the results was that Ray Guy, who, you know, Ray Guy obviously considered by most the greatest punter of all time, he's in the Hall of Fame. The traditional stats very unfriendly to Ray Guy. And so I had him uh, when I had made my kicker rankings, I didn't have him that high, and but when I redid my kicker rankings, he actually moved up. So you know, I, I'm trying to judge relative to error. I just so it, I, I sort of saw after the fact. Oh, I see, I see a statistical basis to justify the ranking that he, they have of people. Is what I'm saying. I just don't see that in any way for like Mitch Trubisky. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, okay, 14 Carson Wentz. The uh, the league execs had him at nine, which sounds about right. Wait, so Carson Wentz, who would have been uh, the cons- if you want to drop him down, the con- he would have been the consensus MVP last year if he didn't miss the last couple games due to injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess not not nearly as good as Trubisky. Yeah, I guess Tannehill. the assumption is well, he was injured. We don't know if he's going to come back. But then again, he's behind Ryan Tannehill and Andrew Luck. So like, wh- where's the internal logic here? Yeah, this is wild. All right, fifteen. He's got Alex Smith. Okay, about right Fine. for Alex yeah. Smith. Not a lot of upside on Alex yeah. Smith, but that's fine. 16, Ben Roethlisberger. Look, I've always said that I think he's very overrated, uh, but uh, you know, but I don't think he's worse than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I'm the league overrates him. He's fourth in yeah, the, that, in the that's, league. Yeah, that's rank. ridiculous, but he's not behind Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> it's interesting how many players are on his list that aren't even in the top 25 of the league. And again, they both did not use um, the rookies, so there's a finite number of QBs that they're even choosing between. Uh, number 17, Jacoby Brissett. Look, Jacoby Brissett was better than I think people would have thought yeah, last year for good. Indy in that people... Do you think Jacoby Brissett is better than Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins? Yeah, that's insane. Um, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Chester quarterback ranking for last year. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky was ahead of five players only. Uh, none of them are starting quarterbacks right now. Tom Savage, Deshaun Kaiser, C.J. Beathard, Brett Hundley, and Trevor Simeon. Those are the only players who Mitch Trubisky yeah. was better than last year. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger was nine. Matt Stafford was ten. Uh, Kirk Cousins, we haven't mentioned it, was 11. Deshaun Watson, we haven't mentioned it, was 8. Like uh, Jared Goff, we have yeah, so a- after Yeah, so after Jacoby, he's got Dalton at 18. Right, that's about fine. Which is about, yeah. it's about as high as anybody's going to go on Dalton right now. Yeah, again, in Chester quarterback ranking, um, he was 21 last year, so that's fine. Yeah. Jared Goff at 19. So he's assuming that Trubisky's going to keep getting better, but not <laughs> yeah. Goff, oddly. So, yeah. So rookie season, uh, Jared Goff, historically bad. Second season, Jared Goff, yeah. MVP candidate. So I guess he's assuming Mitch Trubisky is going to do the same, but Jared Goff is going to go Goff will magically again. be yeah. bad again. Which So look for this list next year. Trubisky won't even be yeah. on it. Number 20, Eli Manning. That's about as nice as you could get for Eli Manning. Yeah, well, I'm surprised because um, a lot of trolls you know, still put Eli higher than that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the league execs had him tied way, with Dak at Eli 17. Manning was one spot ahead of Mitch Trubisky on my list uh, of Chester quarterback ranking. And then right ahead of him, Carson Palmer out of the league, Jay Cutler out of the league. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. So. Yeah, but Eli at least had an, like an excuse for part of the year that like his team literally fell apart. Yeah, but he's been also bad for five years in a row. So yeah, while true, throwing true, to the true, best true. receiver in the league. So. Twenty-one, Jimmy Garoppolo. He, those six games were not enough to impress him that he's better than Mitch yeah. Trubisky. Um, again, um, I think that people are overrating Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know, I, yeah. I, in a vacuum, I wouldn't say twenty-one is terrible for him. But um, and, and where do the execs have him? By the way, they have him thirteen. I see. It's, oh, that's too high. But whatever. yeah, the execs have him thirteen. Yeah. Then Matt Stafford at twenty-two. Yeah. Okay. The execs have Stafford at seven, which is a little too high. I would have Wentz over him. I would have Luck. If you're assuming Luck is healthy, I would yeah. have Newton over yeah. him. Cousins? He hasn't even been mentioned yet. Uh, Cousins hasn't been mentioned. So Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP at 23. Nick Foles, who had what are you gonna do? two That's good fine. games. 
the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm, but that's fine. I I don't I don't like. He was out of the league before that. He was out of the league. He came back. He was miserable for three or four games. He wanted to retire. Yeah. yeah. But 23 is an insane. Whatever. Because there's only like 26 quarterbacks okay. who aren't at, when you take out the rookies. Um, Kirk Cousins at 24. So Kirk Cousins is the worst to him. It's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, who, who now, was a top six quarterback each of the previous two years, and last year dropped to like 10 or 11. So 24. I am curious what happens in the new system. Obviously, he's got a lot of good players and, and a better team. Uh, the execs had him tied for 15th, but 24 is just ludicrous. I think 15 is ludicrously low also, but I mean, you know, t- to me, this is a and Drew you know, Brees situation all over again. It's, it's that rare that a quarterback in his prime and Drew Brees obviously wasn't a hall of famer when he left San Diego, but his numbers, I actually checked Drew Brees is uh, Chester quarterback ranking plus in San Diego was 107 and cousins is for wash in his Washington crew is 106. So that means they were both about six to 7% above average. As a reminder, Brett Favre's career QBR plus is like 108, 109, something like that. Tom Brady's is like 114. So 106, 107 is very good. Eli Manning's is 98. So, um, yeah, uh, very odd to have him this low. Who, who's left? All right. Uh, and then last spot on the list, last. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> so he did not like Mitch Trubisky's rookie. I mean, he didn't like uh, Watson's rookie season, but he was impressed with what he saw from Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I just don't. Off. And again, if you're going to say, well, it's the injury, let me see it again. It's... It, 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 this list is just impossible to comprehend. Yeah, there's no logic here. And then you're saying, well, who did he not? He didn't include, include Case Keenum at all. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, which I agree with. Winston. And Derek Carr did not make his list. Yeah, Derek Carr, not at all. Again, I think Derek Carr was overrated going into last year. But to say he's not. Yeah, you've been very low on Carr. Yeah, I, I mean, Derek Carr has to be better than Nick yeah, Foles. Last right? year I had Derek I Carr number 18. Uh, you know. It's got to be better than Eli. Yeah, for sure. Got to be better than. T- Tannehill, he's got to be better than yeah, well, he, he's played. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, of course. Oh, he's yeah. got to be better than Jacoby Brissett. I hope so. I mean, <laughs> he has to be. Jacoby Brissett, the 17th best quarterback. Yeah. So, Sean Fahey, come on the podcast, you coward. Yeah. Well, tweet at him. Maybe he will. Um, Send him an invite. I will. I will tweet at him. Um, all right. Last tweet. Uh, it's a short one, but a good one. Our old friend, Mike Lombardi, at M. Lombardi NFL. Does he still work for the ringer? I have not. I have not, like, uh, I haven't seen much from I him. I don't know. Does he just do a podcast for the I ringer? Have no idea. What's he doing? Anyway, Todd Gurley signed the contract. Here's Lombardi's take. Todd Gurley deserves his deal. He made the Rams' offense go. When he touched the ball 17 times or more, the Rams were undefeated. Less than 17, they were 2-4. and four. Okay, now this is obviously a tautology, and it's obviously mixing up cause and effect. However, what makes me happy is how smart football fans are now. Like, if you saw – did you see the, um, the, the, uh, how that tweet was reacted to on, on the Twitter machine? This yeah. tweet? Every single I mean, yeah, I'm looking at it yeah. now. I didn't check the comments before. It's, it gets ratio. Yeah, every yeah. single person pointing out to him, you know, like the illogic of his statement. And by that standard, you know, the best play that a team can do, of course, is a kneel because when a team kneels three times at the end of the game, they win uh, almost 100 percent of the time. So yeah, I mean, it's it's completely insane. This is the kind of thing you would have heard from a football idiot 30 years ago. We're way beyond that. I mean, that's he is a football idiot from 30 years ago. I'm gonna say like the. The problem with people like Lombardi now and the Rick Rileys of the world, like people who are just so clearly washed up, the average fan on NBA Twitter or MLB Twitter or NFL Twitter knows so much more than Mike Lombardi. Yeah. Insanely so. So much more. Like, so, I, it, like, he has no, there's no value. There's nothing that he's inputting. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just, I want to read this series of... Rec- At least he says it in an entertaining way by talking about a 30-year-old movie constantly. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I want to just give you the responses here because they're great. So the first guy responds and says... Isn't this backward causality? One could say it's the opposite. When the Rams were up, Gurley got more carries. So this guy, Ryan, is, is being pretty nice. Uh, and then in his next comment, he says, Mike's a smart guy. I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. But the stat posted is like saying the Browns tend to lose when they throw 40-plus times. So Ryan is giving a lot of credit and benefit of the doubt to uh, Mike Lombardi. And then Ty chips in, and ch- Ty says Mike is not a smart guy. <laughs> I think that's probably the most accurate. Yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a good own. I mean, Mike yeah. is not a smart yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, what's the... Uh, All right, speaking of guys who aren't smart, yeah. me yeah. and yeah. you, um, we each have ranked our five greatest... How do, what do, you, how do you want to term it? Like, what should we call this episode? Like, our five... Our, our greatest... Personal sports sport, moments. Like, personal achievements. Personal sport. Yeah. Well, that's still... People are still going to assume that's watching, because people don't think we play sports, which we don't now. Yeah. So, what... I, I don't... Like... Uh, our greatest, well, like, we should also have our bottom five. I, I feel like I have more bottoms than tops. 
Well, all of mine are bottom. Like I never, I don't have any like. Well, I took over and like put up thirty-one <laughs> points as we won like the basketball. Yeah. They will not be on my yeah. list. Okay. But I, I have like ten or eleven sports, it, uh, ten or eleven uh, events. It's from about seven or eight different sports. A couple are good. It's just most memorable. Okay. So, so most are bad because I was a bad athlete. A couple are good. Uh, but I'll just run through some of them. So I'll give you some of my honor- honorable mentions. Do you have more? Th- do you have five? Do you have more than five? How many do you have? I have like one, but let me see. Uh, okay, I got one, two, three. I don't know. I didn't know I was supposed to have five. Yeah, other than when I said about three times yesterday, like, all right, we'll do top five. Okay, uh, I got, I got five now. Five? I, I don't, I've probably mentioned a bunch of these on the podcast, but whatever. Yeah, and by the way, I between this and Seinfeld, I probably mentioned a bunch of these too, but let me... Uh, let me give you my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I asked my friend Andrew, who's known me my whole life because we went to elementary school, high school, and college together. And I said, what's a good Akiva sporting moment? And, you know, he obviously, even though he went to school with me literally my entire life, had to think about it because there weren't that many. Um, but he did point out, what, which I think I've mentioned this before, when I would invite him and two other friends to my house for a long weekend. And then Yoni Blumenthal would invite three friends to his house and we'd have an all-star game and slam dunk contest and three-point shootout on our little tykes hoops. He'd bring his to my house and we'd have a full court little tykes hoop game <laughs> um, with a, like a real slam dunk contest. So that was, uh, that was probably like me putting up like 50 points in the all-star <laughs> game in like fifth grade was, was up there. Um, I went golfing once ever and I hit a quail with my first <laughs> shot or, a, or a, a goose and it was like clearly injured. And I'm like, all right, this is a sign I should never golf. I, I remember the, uh, just have a bunch of different sports ones. Uh, bowling, my friend Ellie and I, uh, we used to rent out like a, you could for two hours, you could do all you could bowl. So just the two of us would go and we'd bowl like 11, 12 games a night because if in two hours, if it's just two people, you're not messing around. You're not waiting for everyone to bowl like you can get 11 or 12 games in. And the whole goal was just to set a high score because my high score is only 164, which I tied three times, but never beaten. So I had a terrible night, and then, like, your arm is falling off after, like, an hour and a half of bowling. You, you're, you're not going to be better by your ninth game that, that night because you're, you're totally gassed. And then the last game, I went strike, strike, spare, spare in some order. I had four, two of each. And then we ran out of our two hours, and, like, the machine shut off. And so like, I went crazy. I was like, oh, I was, I was like a lock to beat my high score. It's really funny. I think, and I could be wrong, I think my high score is 165. <laughs> But yeah. I'm terrible. Like Don't my goal usually is to like yeah. break triple digits. That's all I want to do. So, the, yeah, not breaking triple digits yeah. is bad. If, if I if so, I get yeah, if I'm I get one twenty, I'm like one twenty is like good. And like 100 is like, mm-hmm. whatever, at least I didn't hear me. Like oh, well, I like when I go with my kids, I don't count uh, bumpers. But when I go with my kids, they need bumpers. Yeah. And uh, they actually went to like the bowling alley recently and they had a kids bowling tournament and they won. My three kids won the tournament. The, the other one I remember, of course, famously, I lost the game of 101 to my wife. That should, probably should be number one, but we just talked about that at length recently. Yeah. Uh, you know, truly one of the worst, worst sporting moments, uh, you know, anyone could have. Uh, I don't know how she could stay married to me after that, but she did for another 12 years. And, and the other one I could remember is one time I was beating my friend in camp. We, pl- we were playing tennis, and I was up 5-1 and, like, 30-love. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm like, no, 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 it's rude. Like, don't, don't, like. You, it's rude to quit a match right before it's over. Like, let me get the joy of winning because he was a much better athlete than me. I happen to be like just good at tennis and no other sports. Like, let me, let me win. So he's like, fine. I really don't want it. So I'm like, listen, if you come back and win, you could have forty dollars. And then I like needed like I went to full meltdown mode and I lost. I lost the match that I was leading five one thirty love. And also, like, I was pretty young, like, $40. Like, I have no way of getting $40. Like, I don't have $40 on me. So I had to, like, give him my canteen, which is, like, the snack. Did, would people know what the canteen is in camp? It's just, like, where yeah. they, you could, like, you, call it. you have, like, money in an account, and then you could get, like, a drink, or you could get, you could get like, Twizzlers or something. So he, I had to, like, give him that for the rest of the summer because I owed him $40. So it's, like, that's, like, 30 sodas, 40 <laughs> sodas back then. So those are all your audible mentions. What a choke. Those are my five. Those are my honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, do you have do you have any or do you? Want, I, do you I'm have? at you four have right now. All right, um, I've come up with a fifth. Okay, I have five mm-hmm. now. Right, so you do your fifth. Okay, so my my honor. Well, okay. So my honorable mention or my fifth, like whatever it is. So I was always like I've always been like above average at sports, but not like elite. So I always like make the team, but be on the bottom of the team. So I would only dominate if it was like mm-hmm. a, like a mediocre crowd. 
So, for example, like yeah. in high school, I dominated my like dorm intramural league. Or I actually have a better example. When I was a gush, when I was my year abroad, I dominated that intramural league. <laughs> but uh, if I'm but I'm playing against anybody good, then I'm, you know, uh, ideally I should be uh, not one of the best players on the team if you want to succeed. Uh, but when I was in uh, when I was 12 uh, in little league in Minnesota, it worked with like um, like a major league minor league system. So you, like you'd get demoted and promoted and stuff. And so when I was mm-hmm. 12. I was the last cut on my team, and I got sent down to the minors, and it like really sucked. It, like I remember, I cried. I was really sad. I was convinced that my coach was an anti-Semite because like I, I would miss all the games on Friday nights and Saturday, which was like half the games, and so I was convinced that's why. And to add insult to injury, I had I the minor league team I was assigned to was the team my brother was on, Sammy, and Sammy was not an athlete, so we were on the subway team together. And I was like, there was only like three 12 year olds on the team. And then I was with a bunch of 10 and 11 year olds. But the plus side is like, I dominated that year. I like, I batted cleanup. I played shortstop, even though I was a lefty and, you know, like I batted like 600 or whatever. So uh, I, it sucked. It was embarrassing to have to you know be playing with these 10 year olds. But, you know, it, it's fun if you typically play with 10 year olds if you're 12. You get to dominate them. But it was humiliating. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. <laughs> I always said, like, when I was in college, when I was in uh, high school, I, I always said, like, I would want to, in the local, like, Jewish girls league, I always guaranteed that I could dominate the league, even though I was terrible as a boy. You're saying, and like, yeah, as a boy, and I, I like, I guaranteed I would yeah. dominate. And I, I said, like, I would want to like rent out a gym, put like a team together. It's like four girls plus me on one team, five girls on the other team, and like, would I be the best player on the floor? And my whole life, I was convinced I would be, but like, the fact that I lost to my wife probably indicates that I, I probably wouldn't have been. Well, she was a good player. She probably would have been the best player on the court also. In hindsight, I realize it's it's probably a pretty misogynistic thing to say, but I used to insist like in college that I could have made the WNBA as like a bench player. And mm. my logic at the time... To- yeah, no, yeah. you couldn't have. My logic at the time was... I mean, do you realize the women in the WNBA shoot uh, like the same free throw percentage? Yeah. As the men oh no, in the I understand. NBA? But my like logic at the time was that you like, do you think you could shoot eighty two percent from the free throw no, line? My- because that no, would be like my logic at the it. time was that if you're 6'1", 190 pounds, especially back then, you would have been like the biggest guy on the team. And so just by virtue of that, I could have been like the equivalent of like a seven foot stiff on the end of an NBA bench. I think I read somewhere once, yeah, if you're a seven foot tall American, you have a one in six chance of playing in the NBA. All right, but you're not seven feet tall. You're six. I know, feet tall. but but equivalent for women. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, the equivalent, so one of every yeah. six No, it's just because I used to play, and again, I understand that, like, the Penn women's basketball team was infinitely worse than, like, the Maryland women's basketball team, which was infinitely worse than a WNBA team, but I used to play with, like, the best girls at Penn, and they were, like, dramatically better than me at basketball, but also, if we, if we were oh. playing a pickup game, I would be picked ahead of them every single time just because, like... They couldn't play with men just because, like, if you're five foot four and 110 pounds, like, you can't, you can't go within 15 feet of the basket. You'll get knocked down every time. So that was my theory at the time. So you, they would pick you before the women because you would knock down the women, and they were. <laughs> well, that that gets to number four on my uh, greatest sporting achievements. Wait, hold on. You just mentioned women's basketball, yeah. so let's. We're we're one of the only podcasts out there that supports women's yeah. basketball. We did a WNBA finals pool last year. This, the WNBA had an All Star yes. game. Who uh, can? How many of the twenty two All Stars can you name? Let's try and name them. The quick. Oh, by the way, the All-Star game, it did not happen yet. It, 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 just the selections happened. The All-Star game was okay. on Saturday. All right. Um, you want me to just start naming names? Yeah. Let's see how many okay. you can name. Elena Deladon. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, only five players in the entire East. It's it's worse than the NBA. The, they they didn't do it by conference, so the, almost the entire All-Star game is okay. at West. All right. Well, I'm going to name all the the Lynx players and tell me when I miss one. Um, Maya Moore, uh, Simeon Augustus. Um, mm-hmm. um, who else is on the links? Um, oh, uh, the, 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 the center that they traded for, um, uh, what's her name? Sylvia, um, yeah. Sylvia, is that right? Cindy, Sylvia, something like that? Yeah. Sylvia, Sylvia Fowles. Is she an all-star? Okay, good. All right. Yeah. So I got, I got four. Um, okay. Then there's one with like, there's one more links player. She's an injury, uh, replacement. Um, I don't know. Rebecca Brunson. Oh, oh, she's another longtime veteran. Oh, yeah, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these are, are yeah. longtime veterans. Okay. There's only one, two players in the entire game in their first All-Star game, so it's names you've heard of. Okay. Um, all right, so, um, okay, there's the, oh, there's um, the, uh, Diana Taurasi, um, Sue Bird. Mm-hmm. I actually know Sue Bird's yep. sister. Uh, shout out to Sue Bird's sister. Um, That's the worst brag I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, she's a legal recruiter in New York. Um, okay. Uh, what's the name of the one who just scored all those points? Um she scored 53. Yep. 
Leossi uh, woman. Uh, Liz? Yeah, Liz Cambridge. Okay, I'm getting it for Liz. Okay, can I just start saying random first name? Sarah. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I don't know anybody else. Yeah, you missed Allie Quigley. Never heard of Christy her. Christy Tolliver. Never heard of Angel her. Angel McCautry. Never heard of her. Ginny uh, Ogumike. And her oh, sister, okay. uh, Ogumike. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I've heard that name, but I never. Tina really Charles that. been around forever. Oh, she's on the on the New York Sixth All Star right? Game, on Liberty, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chelsea Gray, never Simone Augustus in her eighth. You said I think her. I said her. Yeah. Uh, Jewel Jewel Lloyd, one of the two new people. Never Kayla McBride, I believe she went to Notre Dame. Never she went to Notre Dame. She's been around. Sorry. Dewana Bonner. Never heard of. Her. I, I, I'm not uh, familiar with her. That sounds like Joanna Man. That doesn't even sound like a real name. Sorry. Yeah, Dewana Bonner. Bonner. Is it Bonner? It's not Boner. Two Yukon stars. No, it's like Matt Bonner. Okay, yeah. Who else? Uh, Aja Wilson. Never heard of her. Candace Parker. Oh, I've heard of her. Could have got her. Yeah. Yeah. Us uh, and uh, she's uh, uh, Brittany. She's Greiner. one from Tennessee, right? Oh, Brittany Griner. She's. Oh, yeah. I should have known about her. She's one of. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah, uh, she's the one uh, from Baylor. Yeah, the tall one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now back back to the top five. Our top five sporting moments. All right. So mm-hmm. so what's that, your number five? You did your five. I'll do my five. So I want to say I've never won a championship on any level. Ah. Like little league camp, even when there's only like four or six teams in a in in like camp leagues, fantasy? I've never won. I have fantasy. no trophies. Fantasy, yeah, I've won fantasy titles. Yeah. <laughs> I won the World Cup pool, I, yeah. but I have no like. I had trophies because they give out participation trophies, yeah. but like I don't. Uh, I, our I, friend Shmaria's wife made a trophy for him when he finished second place in our fantasy league one year. Are you serious? Dead serious. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, no offense, Julia. Um, yeah, so I've never won a championship on any level, and I knew that, and I would always say that, or, or so, like there was a famous Shaq quote where he said, I've won, I've won at every level except college and the pros before yeah. he won with the Lakers. Exactly. That was a famous Shaq quote, meaning that he won high school and maybe AAU ball. Um, so I always used to joke about that. And then I knew my time was like getting up where like once you're out of like the eighth ninth grade like then you sort of become a counselor or you start like there like, there aren't a lot of opportunities if you're not a good athlete to just be in organized sports when you're you know once you get closer to the end of high school and stuff so i knew this was in camp it was the ch- league championship i knew it was my one of my only chances to ever and certainly in camp where i'd been for seven years my only chance to get a trophy and to win and i remember the game i was so excited i we had a, a, a like a, we were shorthanded so i was going to play and we go up 11 to 4. And I'm like, oh, man, it's over. We're going to win this by 50. We're going to win this championship. We lost 54 to 11. <laughs> they ended the game on a 50 to 0 run. It was like so you did get on magnets the floor. in the hoop. But you did get on the floor. I played the whole game. Yeah. There were, it was, we literally, even once we were down 30 and they weren't even playing defense anymore, we were just getting open layups and the ball would just rim out every time. Like, it, was, it was like somebody put a curse on our basket. Like They should have won. They won by 43. But it was impossible. We never scored again after the first five minutes of the game in a basketball game that was 30 or 40 minutes. It was insane. Yeah, not, so not, not that great. was basically my last chance. Wait, this and, one of your high, and, this you one know, your high I, points? Well, this is just most memorable. It, I don't have a lot of high points because I'm not a great athlete. Most of, most of even the good stuff is, you know, just like I, got, I was allowed to play in the game and almost won. What's your number four? Uh, my number four, and again, I only had like one actually for this list, so I've, I'm making these up right now. I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast once before, but a couple of years ago, I was playing uh, in a, uh, a co-ed intramural softball league in Central Park for mm-hmm. work. There was an article about Did it. Did you read the Deadspin yes. co-ed? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was controversial. Yeah, uh, we don't need to get into it. I don't want to say anything. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't want to say anything. But um, so we, we were playing, and I, I come up to the plate in the bottom of the last inning. We're down three, bases loaded. Uh, let's say for dramatic purposes there was two outs. I don't know how many outs there were. And, you know, I, I'm, again, like in softball, I'm, I'm not a good player, but I'm fine. I'm decent. I'm not, I'm not going to strike out. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not hitting towering home runs left and right. And I hit probably my best hit of the season, clear the bases, and, uh, you know, so I, I get three RBIs in to, I think, tie the game. And I'm running home to uh, score, I think it was the winning run or maybe it was to tie it. I don't know if we're down three or down four. And the other team, their girl, you know, it's a co-ed league, was playing catcher. And the, the ball was not close to being thrown in from the outfield. And so I don't know what she was doing, but she was, like, blocking the plate. And I, not in, really, in, not intentionally, I just wasn't really paying attention. I bowled her over. <laughs> And badly injured her, so much so that instead of being granted the winning run, the umpire called me out, and the game ended, and we lost. So, <laughs> so I took her out, though. 
Well, you you so you injured. Uh, we in when we were when I was in high school and we were attached. Listen, to we live in a post gender society. You're blocking the planet. I'm taking you out. You know, oh, I'm like boy. Pete Rose. We 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 um there were, when we shared a school building when I was in high school with an elementary school we shared uh facilities so like the soccer field we shared and one time we wanted to play football but their kids were playing soccer and we said well you've got a fun idea which now that you you could see on YouTube it's like these like Japanese or Chinese teams they do this all the time it's like w- there's like six of us and there's like forty of you so how about we play six on forty against like the fourth graders. In soccer, because that seems like a fair fight. There's so many of you, so few of us. We're not even good at soccer. Let's play, instead of playing football, like, let's play soccer against them. And my friend almost immediately, like, annihilated one of the fourth graders. And he was, like, had to basically be taken off. And I think the next time we saw him, he was on crutches or something. Like, he destroyed, a, it was a boy, but a fourth grade boy. Well, I think it, I once mentioned know, on this podcast, like, the sympathy of the one who gets injured. In 10th grade, when we were trying out for the, the JV basketball team at MTA, uh, I injured Alan Shannon accidentally. And in complete bullshit fashion, they put Shannon on the team. He was in crutches all year, but he got, like, a sympathy-like jersey for having been injured. <laughs> and I was really bitter about uh, this that. Is a gr- this is a grudge that you really should still be holding. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, my number four... So the only team I ever made that, like, because when I'm in camp and I was on that team, like, they have to play you because your parents are, like, paying money for you to go to camp. But when the only team I ever made in my life, and I didn't even try out for four teams in high school, was the tennis team. And the, uh, the truth is, like, I was definitely good enough to be on the team. But here's how I made the team. I was playing, and the coach, like, wasn't really watching. And someone comes over to him, and he's like, you know tonight's the NCAA tournament, and Akiva's like a crazy March Madness fan. He's like, okay. He's like, and do you know um, the uh, there there are games tonight in Newark or or Nassau? You know, in one of the local things that Akiva had tickets to. It's like, okay, wow. He's like, like this is a pathetic like tennis team. Why would he miss like going to March Madness all day to come here? And I got put on the team just because of the sacrifice I made of giving up uh, basketball tickets to be on the team, <laughs> to, to go to tryouts, and, I, and he put me on the team. But I was good. Um, that's my number four. I'll give you my number three. Uh, so we used to play football every – we would play tackle football um, in high school every uh, time we could until we discovered poker. And one time it was snowing and none of the teachers came, but we couldn't leave. So we played like an all-day, three-hour football game. Now, our football games, they were very physical. There was like a lot of hard-hitting. Uh, Andrew Parver broke Rafi's Zlotnick's collarbone. Someone broke Eric Kuflick's collarbone. We had a lot of serious injuries, and every time we had an injury, the school knew it was because of tackle football, and the kids basically had to lie and say they fell down the stairs, but don't worry, we're not suing the school. Uh, you know, schools would normally be like more worried about you falling down the stairs or something, but like we, you know, there was like a real code of like omerta that like nobody would snitch on each other because we were so into football. So we have this game. And it literally lasts the whole day. Like at some point, the entire grade plays. Like kids, have, kids leave, kids come. There's like one teacher there, so sometimes people have to go to class. And we literally played a four-hour football game. And I remember winning twenty-one twenty. I remember thinking, like, all right, this was probably like my greatest sporting achievement ever. Like I won this, uh, you know, pickup backyard football game in high, in high school. I remember like going in afterwards, and like nobody could breathe. We had literally been in the snow for like four hours. Um, and after that, that was it. I retired from sports. <laughs> what a highlight, Kiva! What a highlight! Yeah. What's your number three? Listen, this is you. It was your idea for a podcast. I don't have a lot of sporting highlights. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's my number what three? Okay, you. so I think I actually, I think I, I've said this one on the podcast before. My my number three will be a three. I hit um, in eighth grade. We played our JCC uh, championship game in um, at the target at Target Center uh, where the Timberwolves play. And so, you know, they're, they're not painting, like, our own lines for, for eighth graders. So we were using, you know, like, NBA right. threes. And first possession of the game, uh, Alexander Chester hits an NBA three, swish. And uh, I did not take another shot the rest of the game because I wanted to be able to say that I uh, never missed a shot on, uh, at, on the target center court. So I finished the game one for one with three points. So you've never missed a shot in the target center? Never missed a shot, yeah. As opposed to once in college, I got to take uh, like a three for like, you know, a thousand dollars, whatever one of those things during like halftime, like as a, as a, you know, one of those uh, promotion things. Where, a pen? Yeah. Okay. And I shot a perfect air ball. 
Oh, that was. Did you get booed, or is there nobody? Oh no, I got booed. I deserve to get booed because I mean, in, in my like, you come on. First of all, you're, I wasn't wearing like gym clothes. I was wearing like you know a sweatshirt and jeans and like and like heavy shoes. And like you're cold, like you're not warmed up. And they just give you the ball and they're like shoot it. And uh, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I'm not surprised. All yeah. right, what's your number two? Uh, my number two. Okay, so my number two is uh, I'll, I'll go to high school. This is actually this is a real one. So you know. Um, and this actually, I guess, touches upon uh, the conversation at the beginning of this podcast. So when I was in high school, and and I, well, actually, actually, yeah, let, let, let's go deep into the psyche of Alex Chester. How about we do that? Um, so I was I was not popular in like ninth grade and tenth grade at two different high schools, and then in eleventh grade, I all of a sudden became popular, and it's sort of and like I didn't really understand why. And what happened is is like it was pretty early in the year. And a kid in my class who was pretty popular, but I, ha- I had not like been friends with at all in tenth grade, and ended up being one of my best friends for the next several years. He invites me over to his house for the weekend. There's going to be like this like convention, and kids are coming from all over. So he invites me over, and I didn't understand why he invited me over. And um, and I said to some other kid, I'm like, why did so and so invite me? And he said to me, oh well, mm. you're you're a good person to have around. Um, you're a good person to have around when we're talking to girls because you say funny things. And to be clear, it was not because I was attracting girls, because at this point I had like more acne than like, I don't know, um, than screech. But like, so like, you know, my popularity with girls did not come until a little bit later. So, but, and I remember thinking this, I was like, oh, so that's my role. So I'm not going to be a clown. And like, I distinctly for the next like two years for the rest of 11th and 12th grade in high school, every day I would think like I'd be sitting in class and I think like, okay, I have two choices here. I can not say anything and stay in my teacher's good graces or I can interrupt with like a very inappropriate comment and it will be guaranteed to get laughter and then I'll get kicked out of class. But like it will gain like the approval of my peers. And I would consciously make that like that calculation in my head and then I would do the second one every single time. And so the result was like every one of my teachers despised me even though like I was you know a reasonably smart kid. Um, my grades were always lower than they should have been except if it was like a purely objectives class like math because like every teacher was going to like subjectively give me the worst grade because I was always interrupting class and always being a disaster. And so this applied to everything. So this applied to like basketball also. So I made the basketball team. I was good enough to make the team, but I I was like such an ass during practices. I would just like make fun of the coach and be obnoxious and sarcastic and like try and make people laugh instead of being serious, which is really weird because like you would think like I would have desired to play on the basketball team, but instead I just made an ass of myself. So I never really so I didn't get to play nearly as much as I as I thought I deserved to. But honestly, I didn't because I, you know, I didn't learn the plays and I was obnoxious to the coach. But in the last game of our senior season, he puts me in. I played like, you know, two minutes in the first half like I always do and whatever. I don't get to play very much and I'm annoyed. And then late in the game, we're down seven. He puts me in. And in the last 30 seconds of the game, I hit three threes. Each one, like by the second or third, I was like being double covered, shooting like double clutch, like ridiculous threes. Uh, to be clear, we still lost the game. <laughs> but I hit these three threes and I felt really good about myself. And, and for the game, I was our team's leading scorer. I think I had 13 points or something. But... um the, the the high point for me is that during a timeout with like ten seconds left, the ref comes over because it's the same refs the whole season. The ref comes over to our coach and says like, uh, "Bandler, why haven't you been playing this guy all season?" <laughs> and so that like the high point for me of my of my high school career, without a doubt, was, was the ref was the ref telling the coach and he was an idiot for not playing me uh, because uh, you know the the ref was impressed with my uh, three threes in thirty seconds against Valley Tora. So yeah, that okay. that was uh, the my highlight of my high school career. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is uh, another championship game, which went awry. Oh, and by the way, this you know, not only was this not a championship game, this was a a, a, t- a tournament that we were doing. We did the worst that my school had ever done in the tournament. We were in, I think that was the fifth place game we were playing in, where I got to hit those threes. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we were the home team for the tournament. We had to play that game in New Jersey. That's how bad we were. So That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, softball championship. Another time I have a chance to win my only uh, ring ever. Uh, we are down with this. I mean, this is the worst one. I, this should really be number one, but we're down to the other team's down to the last out. We're winning whatever the score is one nothing or 10 9. We're up by one run. Ground ball to me. I always play second base, which is, I guess, one of the places you put kids that like aren't good. I, at a certain point in my life, I started playing catcher. Yeah. I went to catcher. No, second base, you at least have to be able to, you know, catch a ball off a, ba- off a bad hop. So, ground ball to me, field it perfectly, throw it to first to Nahi Light. Oh, if Nahi we, if Light. Get, if it's over, shout out. The, if I if I throw it nicely, if I throw it, uh, you know, it, it, the game is over. We win the championship. Ball goes thirty feet over his head, like Chuck <laughs> Knobloch style. But it's a giant hill that like goes down hit, a did mile. Did you hit Naki Light's mother in the stands, Keith Olbermann style? No, no, it's yeah. in camp. So then the ball starts rolling down the hill, and the ball could roll down basically into the lake. But for isn't like this a, a dead mile ball? Like everybody advances one base, and that's it. 
No, it's just rolling. There's no rules. <laughs> so then he chases after the ball as it's rolling. He gets it. And now the batter... Uh, there must have been a runner on first that I like did not get to tag. Yeah, why didn't you just? Because so the batter is starting base. rounding second as he's getting the ball, and he ends up throwing it to the catcher. There's a rundown. The first baseman goes to the plate, ends up basically at a pl- the plate. The plate. The guy slides in, breaks, or at least sprains. I think breaks the first baseman's leg and is called safe because he drops because the first baseman drops the ball and we lose on that play. <laughs> So you also got so Nahi, now, like, you got Nahi injured also. The bi- now I got the biggest kid like biggest scariest kid in camp. Yeah, he was a scary kid. Super mad at me because yeah. yeah, very scary. Now he's a nice guy who owns like health food restaurants. But when we were kids, he was scary. Yeah, um, he went he went the, to my high school like, and got kicked out. <laughs> the, so I was very afraid because I think he told me he was going to kill me. Yeah, um, but luckily he was probably too injured to even bother. But yeah, we lost the game on on my insane overthrow, and he broke or sprained his leg. Um, all right. What's your right, number my, one? My number, my number one. Okay, this is sort of good, actually. These so, are supposed to be good. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a lot of good. Yeah. Okay, so we play back to back. Now, in our world, hockey is probably the most popular sport. That, but that's not ice hockey. It's street hockey. So um, we had a big game. We had to play two games in a row. Basically, it was the way the schedule worked out. We had to play two games literally back-to-back, and we only had five people. So you had to play the entire game in, like, the 98-degree heat, two hockey games back-to-back. But you're teenagers. You have endless amounts of energy. Who cares? So we basically throw the first game when we go down 3 nothing early. We lose, like, 8 nothing, but we don't care. We don't try because we're just trying to win the second game that we need to win. And we go down 5 nothing in, in the second game. But the other team is, like, not taking us seriously. And we realize, like, okay, whatever. Let's, like, let's not. We don't want to lose, like, 10 nothing or 8 nothing two games in a row. And I score a goal, and I'm so excited. And then I score a second goal. Oh, two goals And then I remember a two goal, the only two goals of my life in, yeah. like, competitive games. And I remember, because I'm, I'm we're in camp. My dad is, is, is a rabbi, is, like, a, is a, you know, works in the camp. Uh, he still does. And um, somebody says, like, like, after I scored my second goal, someone's like, oh, I'm going to go get, find your dad. It's a really big camp, so he, he could have been three miles away. But, like, I'm going to go find your dad because he's going to be like, yeah, this would be so cool. Um, <laughs> and then I assist on a third goal, and then we get a fourth goal. And now it's gone from 5 nothing to 5-4, and the entire camp is watching. It's surrounding the hot court. There's, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids watching. Oh, girls are lining like, oh, up like, to uh, chat with you. There are, no, it's only boys. It was on boys' campus. There's not one girl there. Oh. <laughs> um, there are girls in the camp, but, it, like, they're playing. The, they, it, it was, I guess it was color war. Like, they have their Who own play sports, sports at camp without, like, the opposite gender watching? Like, what's the point? Are, yeah. They were very, like, yeah, your th- it was like a 10-minute walk between. It's a big, it's a big camp. I didn't know Masor was that segregated. I know um, Morshaw. I mean, I didn't know. I knew Masor was. I didn't know Morshaw was that segregated. Yeah, I don't. Girls can't. Girls can't come onto boys' campus during the day and vice versa. Yeah, most probably didn't have like at night. Yeah, no. So, but also like they were playing. They were playing their own hockey game or whatever equivalent sport they were playing. Like, so now we're down. uh, Like one minute left. I'm like, oh, I was like very in the moment. Like, oh, this is like easily the sporting highlight of my life like i have two goals i have two assists my dad is probably watching even though i later found that he they did not find him in time with like 30 seconds left i get an basically an open net like the goalie sort of slips and i shoot and i hit the post and i realize like oh that was it that was like my one chance at glory in my whole life like because if i had scored there there would have been like 400 people would have come onto the court and like piled on and it would have been completely insane Wait, so you guys and lost then, by uh, four and you did not get your head. Yeah, well, track. we empty netted it. We lost six four. Oh, they okay. they. It's insanely pathetic that I remember the details of this. Like I could tell you every single person who was on both teams. But uh, yeah, we lost six four because we went to empty net and they they. Okay, so it. that's sort of like my you know the one I just gave about high school where I hit a bunch of threes to make it close, but we still lost. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. a great. It's still a great achievement. You should be proud of that. Yeah, it was the only time I ever scored uh, in a hockey game. And you scored and twice. That's goals. pretty good. All right, yeah, that's a. Great. And how old were you? Oh, old. That was uh, a- after junior year of high school. Oh, but you didn't play on the high school hockey team? No, I never I never tried out. Our team was really good. We were in the finals uh, my sophomore, junior year, and then senior year. Like, I, I, I'm sure I could have made it because I think everyone made it, but I would have sat on the bench. All right. I mean, being on the bench is still fun. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So my number one is uh, we're going back to sixth grade basketball. So I don't know why. I, and I honestly, I don't have a memory of why this was the case. But for sixth grade basketball was without question the highlight of my life. Uh, we were in this league, uh, this highlight rec- of your life. 
Well, I'm saying so like better th- athletically at the time. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I mean going back 35 years. Uh, this we okay. would win every single game in this league uh, in the regular season, like 50 to 10. And I was uh, the the MVP of the league, and I was the leading scorer of our team. I would score like 12 points a game, and my goal every game was to outscore the opponents, like the opposition team. And I have no idea. I was never that good in any other season. So I, I to this day, I don't know what. But I just remember uh, uh, Coach Sandberg was the coach. He would play me defensively at point guard. Like I'd play the top. I was like Kawhi. And every single, I don't know what I could do, but def- every single time the point guard brought the ball for the other team, I would steal it from him. I mean, every possession. That's why we were winning 50 to 12. And then I'd have a fast break uh, layup the other way. And because I wasn't that great, maybe I'm only hitting two thirds of my laps, but, you know, it was enough to hit six or seven laps in a game. And so I scored 12, 13 points a game. And, you know, we win 50 to 12. So all season long, we're just dominating opponents. I'm having, you know, there were there were guys on the team who were better than me. Like Isaac was really good, but for some reason, this was the dream year. I was amazing defensively. I got you know, 20 steals a game, and I'm outscoring our opponents in every game. Phenomenal. We go to the playoffs. The playoffs we play, or we go to the championship. We win our playoffs. We go to the championship, and we're playing some other league. And like we were St. Louis Park West and East, and we're playing St. Louis Park West. We play this other team, and I don't know. The refs must have been different than the refs we have all season. So I do like whatever I do to steal the ball from the point guard on the other team on the possession. First possession of the game, I get called for a foul. And like, but I've just done what I'm always doing. Second possession of the game, I get called for a foul. Third possession of the game, I get called for a foul. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to not foul because I'm just playing defense. If they're fouling out, so you should be gone. In one point. minute into the game, I have three fouls. So I have to sit the rest of the first half, and we're losing, and I'm on the bench, and I'm like in tears. I'm like, what is happening? I just don't understand. Like, what am I doing that I'm fouling all the time? And then I start the second half, and I immediately pick up two more fouls, and uh, we lost the game badly. And I play, I, I fouled out, and I played like less than five minutes in the game. And to yeah, you, I bet you blame the refs. Well, I, I mean, I don't. I you was were definitely a big ref blamer <laughs> as a kid. You were well, I mean, like, in my defense, imagine being twelve years old, doing whatever you're doing defensively all season, that you're never called for fouls, and you get like a million steals a game. Why do you pronounce it fouls? Like there's like four W's. I'm from Minnesota. It's a foul. Uh, and yeah, and it was just, it was tragic to me. And I remember coach Sandberg was like saying to me like at halftime, he's like, do not do that. And it's like, I don't like, that's whatever. I don't know whether I was fouling or not. And like, they weren't calling it the whole season or or whether I wasn't, you know, but whatever I was doing was not working. I fouled out of the game immediately. It was a disaster. Uh, yeah. And that was the highlight of my career that, that season. I remember it was like, I, and it was like great for my ego. Cause all season, like Isaac would who was in my class at school would tell everybody like how great I was doing. And then, yeah, it just crashed and burned in the playoffs. So. Uh, yes, definitely the refs were calling tic-tac fouls, and they were biased against me. <laughs> anyway, this podcast was pretty terrible. Well, it was started off really <laughs> off the rails. All right, Akiva, so uh, next week we're almost at 32 fans in 32 days. Next, Yeah, this is next week is our last whatever this was podcast yeah. before we get to the actual football stuff. Uh, not a week too soon. <laughs> yeah, we're running out of ideas here. All right, it's football time, though, so we're excited. My team has the yeah. 24th best quarterback, Walked only 13 spots morning. behind. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where Sean Fahey has Sam Darnold next year. If he has a good year, he'll probably be like 25. <laughs> but if he's really he, bad, he'll be top you know, 10. So He'll be like eighth, yeah. All right, Keith, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand You just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Whoa, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Time, my back turned towards the sun. Lord knows when the cold wind blows, it'll turn your head around. Well, there's hours of time on the telephone line, 
To talk about things to come Sweet dreams and flying machines In pieces on the ground Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you, baby One more time again Thought I'd see you one more time again There's just a few things coming my way this time around now Thought I'd see With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.